Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and that Technicolor rainbow in between. This is the Too Late Update podcast. I'm the person who basically reads out the credits. I'm Matthew Wynn, uh, and with me we have... And with me we have... <laughs> For some reason, I used to assume Kev would be going next. <laughs> um, I'm eating ice cream. If only that could have been avoided somehow. <laughs> no, I, I needed an ice cream. Yeah, of course. Middle, middle of middle of well, not in the middle end of January. Yeah, eight, nearly nine o'clock at night. Where wouldn't you be shoving a full magnum deep into your face in one continuous motion? <laughs> I, I am definitely doing that. <laughs> Go on, slurp the magnum down. See, uh, uh, what's well, that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Tesco's own brand magnum. I'm not. That's that sweet. Not made of money, money, Hodge. Has not started rolling in yet. God, you can't dive deep through a proper walls magnum. What are you minted? God, that kind of service you can only go for the Tesco own brand ones. <laughs> yeah, we have the uh, consummate professionals that are um, <laughs> Chris Hodgkinson and Kevin Jones. You don't get to introduce yourselves anymore. I've taken that away from you. <laughs> you don't. That's probably the best. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. And uh, again, we take you back in time to all the news that's fresh from 20-odd years ago. Um, and this year, uh, we pick a year and a month randomly, as ever. Uh, I picked the year... T- I can't remember who picked the year, whether it was me or Hodge. Uh, but anyway, we've ended up with March 2005, which, um, considering we mainly, you know, Let's be honest, we mainly concern ourselves with video games. It's a hell of a time to be alive, I'll tell you that much. We're going to start off um, slow. It's uh, one of the year, It's the year where uh, Resident Evil 4 was released for the Nintendo GameCube in the UK, which is uh, fantastic game. Uh, really set the series back on the map. After a while, I think after Resident Evil 2, 3 and Code Veronica, I think a lot of people were starting to get you know kind of fatigued with the same way that those games all played with their isometric fixed camera angles and the tank controls and everything like that. We'd had we'd had Resident Evil Remake on the GameCube and Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. Which were traditional. I mean, Resident Evil Remake is very good. Yes. 
for what it was doing with the gameplay at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very scary in points in that you you shot zombies in that game, and if you didn't burn their bodies, they would come back as much tougher zombies later on. Yes, crimson heads. Re- yeah. yeah. Revisit the room. It was, oh, great. This is a massive problem now. Yeah, and the, the, I think they really did something with the original Resident Evil is still a classic, but it kind of has a campy B movie style atmosphere to it. Whereas the remake uh, Resident Evil that they did for the GameCube and is now available on everything. So if you haven't played that, I recommend you go play it. It's really they really double down on the gothic horror. Like that, like it's there are parts of that game that are genuinely quite uncomfortable and you know, hold they hold up really well. The real um, horror about the original Resident Jill, Evil one. You can still make Jill a. Uh, you can still make Jill a Jill sandwich. I I believe the the line has changed though. Sadly, it's not. It's, Kev, you uh, dirty, you dirty sexist, Kev. Why? I don't know. What is a Jill sandwich? This you can tell it he's never played like Resident Evil. Certainly, <laughs> certainly sounds like something a dirty sexist would say. Um, <laughs> or scarfing down a magnum. No, this is nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> no. Um, there's a bit in the game where Jill sat there in 2005, going, "Oh, gotta get me a nice Jill sack." No, this isn't even it. This is like this is the preamble. We're not even talking about the game that was in 2005 yet. We're talking about the oh, games God. that led up to it. Oh, okay. Jill, Jill Valentine, a character you can play as in the original Red Crescent Evil. I, I, I know who she is. Um, and the one of the characters she celebrated said, her birthday every year on February the 14th. <laughs> Jill Valentine. Is that what you think Jill Valentine's Day is? Is that, is that yeah, what you think? Jill that Valentine's is? Day. Is is that why your other half it's is February crushingly disappointed every year when you buy her a couple of shotgun shells? <laughs> and like Prohibition era history makes even less sense to you. Yeah. What's the, the Saint Jill Valentine's Day massacre about? I don't understand. They were <laughs> angry that Resident That's... Evil wasn't out yet. <laughs> it's when the T virus was released. <laughs> <laughs> this alternate history will be made into a uh, a movie by Sony Screen Gems at some point, I've no doubt, because they're making a fucking movie out of anything else of, of Resident Evil apart from the actual Resident Evil games. Um, right, but yeah, no, Resident Evil 4 was... Um, so we'd had a lot of that, so it had all been the same sort of, you know, fixed quick cameras, slow-moving uh, tank controls... All this kind of stuff, and the Resident Evil Four really went well. How do we? How do you do a third-person action game? And actually, I think it kind of set the like set the tone for a lot of games that came after, not just Resident Evil games, but you know, you see it in like Gears of War, um, you know, uh, so many games that came after that like had that fixed over-the-shoulder camera point of view, which no, which you know wasn't really done at the time. Even even more recently, the God of War reboot. We'll go on to that, but the God of War reboot, yeah, had that. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get onto this, but I think this is very much a rich vein of inspiration uh, time in the Japanese development because there's a lot of games that seem to be doing things that were completely different, but so influential to to what came after. But yeah, this is this this is one of the yeah top ones. So uh it's it's a game resident evil 4 is a game um that has been re-released on almost everything even to this day i mean it just had a re-release on um vr didn't it for the oculus yeah apparently it's a 
Apparently, is it is it old Mark Zuckerberg requested it personally to to make it exclusive for? Well, he probably he probably calculated um, using his reptilian forebrain that you know people enjoy Resident Evil Four, and therefore he decided it should be put on his um, uh, his head wearing device that mammals can use their non heat sensing eyes to view. He's a reptile, is the joke. Thank you. <laughs> I think he's more like a robot. I'm reptile robot, robot reptile. <laughs> Maybe either one or the other. Um, He's de- like the the inhumanness that is um, uh, that man. Well, well, well documented at this well point. Documented at this point, yeah. We're we're just we're beating a horse that is not just dead. It's been thoroughly beaten by a number of other people uh, quite badly uh, at this and point. Liked and shared into oblivion. Indeed. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was. I remember at the time thinking this was the best Resident Evil game I've ever played. I think a few things of it kind of led Capcom down the wrong path. Um, I think I think they they looked at the approach and went, oh, people like it. it's an action game. It's like, it's no, it's it's still a horror game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, it's more action because you're fighting a lot more zombies, you're fighting a lot more enemies, but that's allowed because of the control scheme. You can you can fight multiple things. Yes. But it's still a horror game. Yeah. It still feels. I think they came to the conclusion a little bit from that game. It's like, oh, people like it. Like, it's lots of guns and lots of zombies. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4, it was still the whole, I may not have enough ammo to get through this fight. I'm just about okay. Oh, no, there's a chainsaw guy. How many shotguns? Yeah. How many shotgun bullets have I got? But this, this was an industry trend at the time, though, wasn't it? Thinking everyone wanted lots of actions and lots of got lots of action and lots of guns. Yeah. I mean, exhibit B, I give you Shadow the Hedgehog. <sighs> when was <laughs> that, that wasn't released? Long... That wasn't this month, that was wasn't... it? No, no. It wasn't. No, you just it wasn't. Oh, right. um, but I mean, it would have been around the same kind of development time. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I think that maybe says more about the Sega developers behind Sonic than. No, but I think it says a lot. I think it speaks to the fact the industry as a whole thought people wanted that sort of thing, and Sega thought, right, well, we'll cram this into Sonic. Then I think there was, I think there was a, a want for people were like, oh, it's dark, so it's good. I think there was there there was that feeling going on, um, in a lot of areas. Obviously, Ooh. Shadow was in fact the fifteenth of November two thousand five. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is Resident Evil 4 influenced <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog. Well, they'd have been only, mar- only marginally, not well, actually, not really. Like They'd have both been in development at the same time, wouldn't they? Yes, they would. Yeah, realistically, I mean, uh, they... That's what I mean, but it would have been spoken to a larger trend of... Yeah, equally to make games like that. Yeah, I mean... Like, Mark Zuckerberg's desperate to get Shadow the Hedgehog on yeah. VR for his, for his I mean, face. I know I am. LAUGHTER <laughs> I really can't deal with a with a, a, a in a world that doesn't have Shadow the Hedgehog on every device that I care to play on. Uh, oh, I'm I'm sure Zuckerberg is busy creating his own ultimate life form somewhere. <laughs> to, do you know what the thing is? I reckon to Mark Zucker, Zuckerberg, the plot of Shadow the Hedgehog is like peak drama. It's like it's like he he's looking at that and Shakespeare, and he's like, I see no difference here. This is <laughs> these are the same. This is what humans must feel. No, no, Mark. No, Mark, it isn't. It really isn't. Um, Mark Zuckerberg learned human emotions from Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, I mean, like, doesn't that make more sense than anything else that you will hear? 
that that's would have been around the same time that Facebook was becoming big. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> left oh, out and also, Shadow the Hedgehog changes life. They've renamed the company Meta, which is very close to Maria. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a stretch, Hodge. It's a stretch. I Maria, appreciate Maria you jumping human, in with the joke, but that's a stretch. Maria was the human child that Shadow was trying to protect and failing miserably at. No, no, I, I, I know that. I get that reference. It's just not. So, <laughs> no, Captain. Just to make it clear that I think the reason we've gone to Shadow the Hedgehog is that Hodge has played Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. Not as I a haven't. human before. Uh, and I don't I think he's played I any. Played Shadow either. Have you not played Shadow the Hedgehog? I've never played Shadow of the Hedgehog. Utter garbage. Shit. Why do you oh. know so much about the plot? Because it's That's the same Sonic plot. Adventure 2. Yeah, and it's it's basically the same plot. It's the same okay. storyline. Oh, I don't know who I am. How did I get here? Yeah, okay. You can see why Mark. <laughs> but no, anyway. I, I legitimately did bring up Shadow of the Hedgehog just to point out that it seemed like an industry trend of trying to use more action orientated yeah. gameplay with lots of guns. But- but yes, Resident, Resident Evil is still very much horror. There, yeah. There's bits oh, yeah. where there's, there's bits where you're trapped in a in a house and you've got to stop the zombies getting in. You've got to block doorways and like kick over ladders. And yeah, there are bits where you do get a lot of enemies, but I, I, that's not the primary part of the game. And it's very you sort of wander around and someone will spot you and you need to take them out. Yeah. It's um, and not not like you just hordes upon hordes, which and, is yeah. what they did in in Resident Evil Five, of course. Resident yeah. Evil Five is the one where it's like, ah, oh, we're going to be in Africa and we're going to have you shoot a lot of uh, zombies of color. Which um, interesting choice, Capcom. Um, interesting <laughs> choice, but it's okay it's because like it, it's not. It's one of those things where you go, someone should have really thought about that rather than just go ahead and do it. Yeah, I'm... going back to what Kev was saying though, when you had to sneak around, I and mean, then if you saw someone, you had to take them out with them. We've we've gone back to Jill Valentine's Day again, haven't we? <laughs> you know very little about the Valentine's Day massacre, I would think, because <laughs> there was very little sneaking around going on. <laughs> Unlike an actual oh. Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there was um there was sort of four distinct bosses, wasn't there? There was like four distinct areas. Yeah. So you'd have the you'd have the, the start in the village. And then there was the lake. I haven't played it in so long, so I'm gonna rely yeah. on you here, Kev. And I haven't played it in ages. Then there was the castle. I remember the castle, yeah. Because the castle had the um sort of the quite diminutive leader. Salazar bloke, I think his yeah. name was. I think Salazar was the main guy, wasn't he? King oh, John Un. No, it wasn't no, King John. It wasn't King Jong Un. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, we'll tell you when it's King Jong Un. Then, then it ended with Salazar. Okay. But the uh, sort of the one bit, and it's it was much better than other games that do this, but it did have a lengthy escort mission, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. We had to. Yeah. Sort of, uh, yeah, but it was the president's daughter, wasn't it? You'd think yeah. it'd be <laughs> front page news, president's daughter trapped in weird Spanish village. Yeah, which, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I remember that being quite annoying because she seemed almost suicidally 
like um, keen on getting kidnapped a lot. Um, it, w- it wasn't it wasn't as bad as other escort missions around the time. I, I seem to remember it wasn't too bad and at least gave you a chance. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It, you know, uh, I always there's nothing worse than a badly programmed escort mission because it will but, just ruin an entire game. Uh, and has to do them anymore because no. everyone hates them. Yeah, because because ninety percent of the time they're badly programmed. Like it's it's always it's always okay. You've got to protect me, and then the dude you've got to protect or whoever you've got to protect just runs into gunfire. <laughs> yeah. You know that that happens a lot. Wee. So yeah, I I, I remember I I really enjoyed it. One thing I do remember quite um it was one of the first Resident Evil games that I think properly sold like the body horror aspect because I think at the very beginning the first boss is like this big huge bearded Rasputin type guy who follows you around and then you get locked in a barn with him and then you you kill him as a as a dude and you're like haha and then he turns into like some kind of horrible gross tentacle thing and you're like what the fuck is this and they'd done that in other Resident Evil games but because it was all like a bit uh primitive at the time it was usually like oh blood explosion and now I've got tentacles this one it was very much like you see what's going on it's like oh that's uncomfortable that's yeah so and it's also like you you could shoot the heads off it's always beneficial to go for a headshot yeah and they sort of did a fuck you in that game by sometimes you'd shoot go for a headshot and then this big tentacle thing would come out which was much harder to kill and shoot it's like yeah, I just did really well, and I've been punished for it. I think I think one one of the only thing that does spoil that game for me is when you figure out that the key thing is to shoot them in the knee and then run up and pile drive them. That was that was the thing. It's like ah, there's one of those bits in in the game that kind of ruins it. Not ruins it. That's not that's. But it just it just makes it like okay, so now I just this is just how I deal with these normal guys now. Is just doing this one thing. Which works ninety nine percent of the time. There is a breakout star in that game, though, isn't there? There is the. Oh, it's the shopkeeper. What are you buying? What are you selling? What are you buying? <laughs> it has six lines. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone knows him. Yeah, that's true. As I've never played Resident Evil Four, and I got that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I I, I think that again brilliant game i think it was another one that's hugely influenced the series i think you know when you get to resident evil 5 and you're punching a giant boulder um, onto someone you kind of go where did this go wrong and it's weird that in some ways resident evil 4 like you can see it as the point where it went wrong but it was so right in so many other brilliant ways it was fantastic but um you know and i i think it's funny that um resident evil 8 has a lot of Four's yeah. DNA in it. It really does. It's very, like it's. It's. I almost expected there to have the Ganados in that one, but they obviously went a different, different tack, which was good actually. But you can definitely see it in there. Um. Yeah. So- Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. So that was one. Another um, uh, big release at this time, which we talked a little about, um, was actually uh, just before, was the first God of War for PlayStation 2. Calliope. I loved this game, um, but I have to confess I did not play it at the time. Um, Same here. I didn't yeah. play it till I think I played it. But basically, at this time in my life, I was a poor student, so mm. I didn't have money to games, which will go into a story later. But yeah, um, I had to sort of pick and choose, and invariably it would mean a lot of games I'd get secondhand or like yeah. in sales about probably two years later, and that's when I bought God of War. It was like. So, would this have been your last year at Uni and Kev? Yeah. Right, okay, that makes sense. Then. Um, so, so I didn't play it, I think, 2007? Yeah, that would have been... I think I played it first on the PS3, actually. Um, I think... Oh, look at me, I had a backwards-compatible PS3. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a second job for it. No, oh, I got okay, a huge okay. redundancy payout. <laughs> that's why. That's why I bought it. Wasn't that what the uh, Sony executive said at the time? Like, oh, people can't afford it; they'll get a second job. Like, that's not good marketing. Yeah. How, how did you get a huge redundancy payout in two thousand and five? You couldn't even work in there a year. No, no, no. This was well after two thousand and five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was. Two, it would have been two thousand six, though. So, whenever. Yeah, yeah. But this was this was pre financial crash. Like money, companies were giving away money. Yeah, I don't think I've ever held a DualShock two. Oh, okay. I mean, have you held any other DualShock? The three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then yes. Wouldn't DualShock, wouldn't DualShock two be PlayStation two? Uh, yeah, 2? no, DualShock two is PlayStation two. Yeah. Did we not say that was what God of War came out on? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my ass backwards way of saying I did not play a PlayStation Two. Okay, <laughs> you must be like really. one of the three people in the world that didn't own one. You de- hang on, you definitely did hold a, uh, a PlayStation Two because I remember you came round mine and played Grand Theft Auto Three at some point. Oh, uh, and that was it. Okay, fair point. Yeah, yeah. lawyered. Yeah, and, and and when you fell asleep, I would put one in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it on your face and your chest, Ev. I don't know why I would do that. It's just basting him in Sony for some reason. Oh, no, I've, I've, I've broken out in PlayStation symbols again. Matt must have been rubbing his dirty controller. That's right. I want to play something that isn't Nintendo for a change. That can't be right. Um, but yeah, no, God of War. Um, frankly, uh, one of those games where... Uh, it's it, like I was told after I was, people were like no you need to play God of War you really knew and I was like alright okay fine I'll, I'll I'll go play it and then I played it and I was like what everyone was right who told me to play this <laughs> it was fucking amazing um, it's, um, was it I suppose Shadow of the Colossus came out at a similar time it was one of the first games where you were having like just massive enemies to fight yeah like, um, you were fighting 
like things like stories tall and the the trickery in that game is amazing like like the whole temple that's on the back of a titan and you go like that's most of the game i think isn't it is that temple on the back of a titan and yeah yeah, it's to get pandora's boss isn't it yeah and it's uh and you know then you have that huge battle in the system and of course you go you kind it's again it's one of those things you go back now and you sort of go well that's how they did that obviously but at the time when you're playing it it's like that's this is amazing i'm literally god size punching another god and you know, uh, it was. <laughs> we talked about the kind of the the move to to make everything dark. Well, you don't get much darker than God of War at the time. You know, it was oh, very. You know, he it, accidentally killed his wife and child. Yeah. And he, as a curse, was covered in their ashes. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really funny to kind of go back and look at God of War one, two, and three in like in the shadow of like the the relaunched or the re, re, re rebooted god of war and where kratos is I've, like it's almost like the thing is it works so well if you've played those three games and then you see sad old beardy kratos because that's what happens that's you know what you can only be young and insane and angry for so long and then you sort of look like you look back and you kind of go well that was fucking terrible i was an awful human being it's a very very 2005 game isn't it yes it's just angry it's just a game where you're playing as an angry man getting angry and killing things yeah but it's Um, fun it's really fun and the blades of chaos was controlled great yeah so can, you, can you play God of War now on anything? Uh, mm. Yes, I believe it will be on PlayStation Now because it was re-released on PlayStation 3. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. I think they re-released yeah. them and they re-released the PSP games as well. Yeah. I don't know what how they play like now. I don't know what you feel because they're... Well, uh, I the, had a... God of War reboot is such a different game. Yeah, they, they, are, they are not comparable in terms of their gameplay, really. Um, you sort of back. It's it's sort of back to like a fixed area, aren't you? And you're just dodging and fighting and yeah, going, it's, yeah. It's what's known uh, in as a character action game. Another one of those we will also get onto in a little minute. Um, but a character action game. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, there is a a few games are kind of going that way. I think the new Final Fantasy is basically a character action game as well. Um, Bayonetta is another example of a character action game. Um, so, yeah, no, it's I, I I was astounded when I first played it, like how good it was, like how absolutely great it was. And immediately after I finished the first one, I went out and got the second one and, and played that, and then was waiting all the time for God of War three to come out on the PS three, and then I minced that, and I, yeah, that series is, um, like again, I don't know if you'd call it really influential. I don't think I don't think that's fair because I think a lot of games that we'll talk about perhaps on this episode are actually hugely influential. But I think God of War is just its quality is outstanding, and that's what. Yeah, I I never played the God of War games, so I yeah. would say, so it's a slightly different perspective, admittedly, that I can't. I wouldn't look at them as being influential games. I look. I've always looked at them as just being really very good examples of that sort of game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, they I think they took the hardware, especially I mean God of War Two. Oh yeah. God of War Two came out after the PS3 was released. Yes, it was. It, oh, it was like it was 
like a month or two just before or just after, I think. Yeah, it was yeah, the same. One, there's one bit where you're running across the chains of a giant Pegasus. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, how are you doing this on a PS2? Yeah. Um, it, it was it was astonishing because people because I remember people saying, is that on PS3? And you're like, no, this is a PS2 game. This is like, it was, yeah, absolutely outstanding in terms of its um, uh, presentation. Story was really good. Uh, Characterisation. Again, it's of its time. Oh, oh yeah, it's certainly, certainly now it's a little bit dude bro and a little bit um, a little bit angry, you know. A little bit, a little bit angry. A little bit, I'm angry at my dad. I mean, basically the whole plot of God of War is I'm <laughs> angry at my dad. <laughs> but that's not... Everything sucks and it's so unfair. Well, it's it's like first I'm angry at Ares and then I'm angry at my dad. Yeah. And funny enough, that seems a bit like it might be the plot to um, God of War 2, Ragnarok. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. Only this time you are dad. <laughs> I think. I think that's it. Boy is angry at you. Um, we shall see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a fantastic game. Um, yeah, really can't wait to play the new one um mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumbo casino online i was only playing for fun so winning was a dream come true chumbo casino was america's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to jumbocasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. So, speaking of character action games, and I apologise for maybe monopolising a lot of this, but it's because I know Kev has one game he really wants to dig into, and I know Hodge doesn't have as much to talk about in terms of games this I have episode. got nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, sorry this about was a, a sad, a sad old month for young me. No. Um... <laughs> But another uh, character action game um, and was Devil May Cry 3, which is, if you know anything about that series, Devil May Cry 3 is the one everyone points to as being, this is the best that it's ever been. I'd maybe disagree with that. I would say that maybe the latest Devil May Cry 5 is actually better in terms of its actual gameplay, but, you know, lots of, but a lot of hardcore fans will be like, this is the best it ever was. It's, it's, um... The first game, so obviously Devil May Cry is that quintessential, it pretty much invented the idea of a character action game where the idea is to take your opponents out in a stylish, uh, interesting way as possible with a, like varied movesets. You've got dodges, you've got blocks, you've got swords, you've got punches, you've got kicks, you've got guns, you've got nunchucks, you've got shotguns that you use as nunchucks. It's fucking ridiculous. After Devil May Cry 1, which was fine, but it was a bit stilted. Ooh. 
Oh no, no, no so well, no. Devil May Cry One is is great, yeah. but it's I, um, it's it's fine in comparison to Devil May Cry Three. So I um I bought my PlayStation Two and I bought Code Veronica X. Yeah. Um, and that had a demo disc full of Devil May Cry, and I really liked that demo disc. So yeah. I bought the game immediately. Yeah. Um, I really like. So apparently, Devil May Cry was supposed to be Resident Evil at one point. Yes, it was supposed to be a new take on Resident Evil, and then. Somewhere on the line, they sort of realised this isn't working, but they kept a lot of the elements and kind of turned it into its own thing, and probably one of the best ideas they've ever had. <laughs> it's uh, I, I would say Devil May Cry One was fantastic. Yes, absolutely, it was. Um, Devil May Cry Two was terrible. Devil, it's um, just like whatever magic they had in that first game was just lost. I mean, it was it was still fun to play. But it felt more like a scrolling beat 'em up more than anything else. Whereas, uh, and then they went back in Devil May Cry three. They got the original team on board, um, and you know what they built is basically a masterpiece. It's amazing. It's very, really difficult as well. It's worth saying. It's really, really difficult. It's um, also another prequel that came out that month. Yes, it is another prequel that came out that month. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Direct um, prequel to Devil May Cry One. It's a uh, sort of you you play his version as well, don't you? You only in the special you know, edition which they released afterwards. Yeah, you, you don't play as Virgil in the main game, I don't think. You play as do you play as someone else apart from Dante? Yes, you play as a character called Lady. Yeah, imagine Yeah. yeah. Spent, um, spent a lot of time on that, that name, did they? No, <laughs> no, very much no. <laughs> um, like, you might you might you might massively disagree with this. But do you think it's fair to, like, character action games, as you've described, Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. are basically an evolution of the side-scrolling beat-em-up? Yeah. No. I think there's elements. Yeah, maybe. Some, some, some of them would lean more heavily into it than others. Like, Bayonetta, for example, you could do that as a 2D side-scroller. It would look as good, but all the fundamentals are the same. But okay. Bayonetta, basically get like Bayonetta screens of enemies, you beat them up, you move on a little bit through an environment, next screen of enemies, beat them up. Okay, yeah, that's not that's not necessarily unfair yet. I think there is there is an element of that in it, yeah. yeah. The one sort of counter to that is I feel like the, the old side-scrolling beat-em-ups were there. They, they were arcade games, and they were yeah. there to eat your quarters. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm not saying there's 50 p's, is there? Whatever, 20 yeah. p's. Yeah, the, cha- the challenge is very different. But I mean, the like gameplay is like an evolution from one to the other. Yeah, I think that there's definitely lineage. I think the the idea is. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you you clear enemies and move on to the next section. So you know that's that's not an that's not an unfair comparison. I think the difference between what between a character action game and a straight beat 'em up is that the idea in a character action game is that your goal is to do it and look as cool as fucking possible, yeah. uh, which yeah. is why there is like a style meter and combo meter and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think there's, uh, and I think that's what really could do it off. And uh, interesting that you mentioned Bayonetta. The reason why everyone got so excited about Bayonetta is because most of the team from Devil May Cry 3 left Capcom to work to become Platinum Games and make Bayonetta effectively. Um, after after this, um, he reminded me. Am I remember this correctly? That during 
when Bayonetta was last shown at the Nintendo Direct, you made an excited face because it looked like there was a Devil May Cry link. Yeah, I, if I imagine that. I thought they were putting Virgil into Bayonetta 3. Yeah, Virgil, uh, first appearance in this game, Devil May Cry 3, is Dante's brother. He's also... Um, he's, in, he's in Devil May Cry 1. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of, yes. He is, he's the, he's the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weird, corrupted version of him, isn't that? Yeah. Um, he's. I don't think they ever call him Virgil in it. Spoilers for a twenty-year-old game. Yeah, I think he's called something Angela, but he's. It's like it's him blatantly. It's like, oh, I wonder if this is subtle enough. It's like, no, it, it's him. Um, but I don't think he's actually referred to as Virgil. But yeah, just definitely is. Um, the one thing I think is interesting about Virgil is that his impact is like he's one of those characters where. He's almost like yeah, he's he's a bit like but people want to see him almost as much as they want to see Dante and the rest of the cast now. Some type cases more, um, unless of course you're a player of Marvel vs. Capcom three uh, or Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three because he's horribly broken in that game and is completely unfair. And any professional player will tell you that they fucking hate Virgil and don't want to see his face unless he's on their team and not on the other person's team because. <laughs> Flip that guy. Um, but yeah, no, amazing game. Brilliantly fun to play. Everything about it feels crisp and like perfectly balanced and timed. Every time you press a button, its effect is immediate. You never feel like... If you get hit in that game, you never feel like, oh, that was bullshit. You always feel like, ah, oh, there were about eight different things I could have done to get away from that, so it's my fault that I didn't. It's fantastic. Um, you know, still available on everything, I think. I think you can still get Devil May Cry... Um, collections on everything. So, if you've got it available, have it, give it a quick look. I might, I might do that at some point. Yeah. I think I, I remember playing a bit of one at your house once. I, I think I might have been free, and I watched the anime, which I remember quite enjoying. Oh yeah, the anime was pretty good actually. Yeah, I enjoyed that. If you like, if you like Bayonetta, there's no reason why you wouldn't like Devil May Cry. Yeah, and uh, very, one, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Kev, I'm going to just yield the floor to you. Yeah, so this month, uh, in the UK, that is, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater came out. Um, as soon as... So I have no involvement in picking the month, but I remember... People often say I have a weird memory with things and I can remember the time things happened and... I remember this month buying Metal Gear Solid 3 because I was, as mentioned earlier, I was uh, my final year of university. I spent the run up to that game coming out making sure I got my essays done because there was a deadline of a couple of weeks later just because I really wanted to play this game. I had very little money, but I can't buy this. Um, so Metal Gear Solid 1 is probably means more to me than most games as i think it's the game that got me to be a gamer um i had a playstation one before that but tend to just play like crash bandicoot and the odd football game um i was gonna be pedantic then and say oh that metal gear solid on the on the nes kev was that the one that did it for you was it no because that was called metal gear yeah metal gear solid yeah oh Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah! You I can't be you can't be pedantic and then get it wrong. <laughs> curses, curses. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I played that game. I was like, wow, games are like this? Yeah. This is amazing. Obviously, not many games are like that on the PlayStation 1, but it's all... It really got me to be in the game I probably would say I am now. Um, Metal Gear 2 came out and I loved it. I know a lot of people don't. The, the, the thing is, I would say Metal Gear 2 had issues. I think I'd go back to it now and maybe enjoy it a bit more, but I think at the time I was very much like, Oh, and I did not appreciate the bait and switch. So, I think the bait and switch is brilliant. Like it's a creator going, "Well, you you want a sequel? Well, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a game about making an artificial sequel to a video game." And yeah, I, I can see why people didn't appreciate it. Uh, but I, I I still think it's brilliant. Um, you and I both love Metal Gear Solid Three, don't yeah. you? Um, yeah. I, I I've gone on record as saying that I I and this is where the hate mail will come. I sometimes believe that uh, Hideo Kojima is not bad, not in any way bad, but sometimes overrated. I do believe that. However, Metal Gear Solid 3 is a fundamental, best-in-class masterpiece of a game. I, I think it's probably the best Metal Gear game. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, I mean, t- it, taken as a whole game, yes, it is. 100%. There's, I don't think there's a doubt about that. Maybe uh, you can argue one. Yeah. I, you could argue either way. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd argue the gameplay in five is is the best, but there's no story in five. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 is a prequel. So, similar to Devil May Cry 3. Um, it takes place in the Cold War, and you're playing as Big Boss. Or Naked Snake in this one. Yeah, yeah. Naked Snake. Um, so, you're playing as the guy Snake was cloned from. Spoilers for Metal Gear One. Uh, yeah, yeah. For anyone who's listening to a pro- podcast that is, let's be fair, primarily about video games and then occasionally about some other stuff at the end. M- yeah, Big Boss is Solid Snake's dad in big inverted quotes. He's his dad in every way that actually matters, really. And this game, they they basically they, they sort of mess with the formula from the last two. It's it's not Metal Gear Solid Two is sort of a remake of Metal Gear Solid One. Yeah. But intentionally so, with a yes. meme hero. It, it, the, the, if we get on, if we ever do that one, we'll we'll go into that. But this one is, other than the fact that there's bosses named after emotions, it's not really much that carries on, carries over. You're you're still trying to infiltrate uh, and and stop someone that's trying to unleash nuclear weapons on the world. Yeah. But the, the radar's gone. A lot of your advantage is gone. There's a lot of survival parts of it. So you are, you have to hunt and eat your own food. Yeah. And if you get hurt, you have to fix yourself. Yeah. Um, so you have to find, on on site, you have to find things to fix yourself. You need bandages, burn cre- treatment. Um, have you robots? Humans heal, they don't fix. <laughs> All right, you have to heal yourself. <laughs> There's one point in the game where you end up with like multiple broken limbs, which you have to. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how you break, how you fix your broken arm with your other broken arm, but that's a yeah. thing you can do. Yeah, you can do. <laughs> the... yeah. Um, lots of lots of swinging. You've got to get some centrifugal forces going, so you can go <laughs> that's right. slap them together like two wet noodles. Yeah. And if you if you don't eat, your your stomach will make noises, and that will alert guards. And yeah. you can you can eat food that's bad for you and be sick. It's just got so many bizarre systems. There's the camouflage system. So you go into an area and you have you collect different forms of camouflage. Um, 
and they will make you harder to spot. Yeah. Um, so. But if you go into a new area and you've got that camouflage on, you will be easy to spot. It's one of these very creative games at the time. I don't think anything was ever was close to it. No, it's like really in-depth, isn't it? I mean, the only thing that was ever close to it was actually the other Metal Gear games, which goes to tell you something. It was... I've, I, I remember um, one of the things that really caught me off guard was that that whole thing of the radar's gone, because you played m- most of the, t- the other two games with a radar on, and this one it is gone, and you don't have it. And it's still got some fixed camera points of view and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of teaching you properly how you're supposed to do this. I would say in a couple of occasions, I, there were a couple of camera angles where I thought it was a little bit dodgy, where it's like, oh, you can't see this bit of the screen, but there is a guy there and he has seen you. I thought well, that was a bit bullshit, but there we go. Um, you, can, you can go to first person. Yeah, 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 I know, but it's uh, like... Know, there are little things like you could put... Uh, there's a meter on that can sense there's someone near you yeah but again that drains your battery and you you have to sort find batteries yeah so you're again you're sort of the way that survival games are now there's a lot of metal gear solid 3 in those games you are yeah got you know you've got to stay fed you've got to stay well you can catch colds there's all sorts yeah and you could Uh, you could like take pills to get rid of the cold and stuff like that it was ge- genuinely. It's one of those games where you, you like it's. It still holds up in terms of its gameplay. Um, its graphics don't look bad. I'll tell you that. Um, it's well, the, I, the the fight at the end. I, I think is just beautiful. It's we may get onto it. Yeah, we might go onto the end toward, towards the end of this conversation. Yeah, but yeah. The uh, the fight at the end. Your it takes place in this uh, sort of field of white roses. But every time you fight the enemy character um, and you you fall over or you trip her up, it goes red. Yeah. And it's very simple, but it just looks brilliant. Mm. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. It, you get the other end of the... I don't know if it's roses, tulips, something. Petals. Yeah, flowers. Yes. I'm not sure what flowers they're supposed to be. But we're, yeah. we're, not, we're not a horticultural podcast yet. No. No, I mean, although I must say, like, Falling over into a field of roses is going to be a lot more painful than yeah, falling over that, into yeah, some lovely yeah. soft tulips. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I remember the boss it, battles it, being fantastic. Um, there's one particular one. Is it? Is it? Who's the old guy? The end. Yeah. The end. So the the end is basically this old sniper, legendary sniper, but he basically sleeps all the time. So to preserve it, to prolong his life, so he's ready for a fight. And you fight him, and you, it takes place in two areas, and he's basically hidden. And you've got to try and find him. And that's a mixture of, I think you, the IR, you can use infrared, you can basically find him sometimes. Yeah. But he is, will also snipe you while you do this. But there's a really weird trick. There's, there's lots of Easter eggs in Metal Gear games. Yeah. There's a trick in this game. If you turn, if you save it during the fight, set your game clock a week in advance on your PlayStation 2, and come back to the fight. He'll have just died of old age. <laughs> that worked for remasters as well, didn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's why I cheated my way past that bit. Oh, I, I mean, I did the fight. It's a great fight. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, genuinely points to don't know where he is, and I'm hidden, he's hidden. It, it does feel like a proper, as, as far as video games can go, a proper sniper fight. Yeah. In a jungle. 
which, um, which let's be honest, it's nine times that I remember playing that for the first time, just being, what? Shit! Fuck! Shit! Fuck! Fuck! And then I heard his parrot, and then I was like, ha! Fuck you, old man! And that was it. Um, but, um, parrot. When, when, when the end's parrot goes berserk, the end just cannot get on with his work. Wow! Do you know, do you, know you can actually kill him earlier in the game? Can you? Yeah, there's a bit where I think you see a cutscene where he's being wheeled away. If you quickly get out a sniper rifle, you can explode him <laughs> as he goes to the door. And then he's going to fight him. I think his, I think his <laughs> explodes, but you can kill him early in the game. Just because oh, at that point he's been wheeled. What's happened to his patient? Oh, he's, he's been exploded. And you, instead, of, instead of fighting him as a boss, you fight, I think about five enemies are in the area. but ah. Five angry lemurs. Probably angry. The yeah, it's stuff like that. They, I know it, you don't. You're not as a bigger fan of Hideo Kojima as I am, but well, no, I, like, you know, just pepper stuff like that in, which is really cool. But yeah, that, I've always found that stuff to be great. I think it's just there's other bits. Um, we'll we'll go into it another time. But uh, I mean, the, the one thing I do remember is there was the, the, all of the bosses in that game were really unique and some of them kind of frightening there was the uh the, sp- yeah. the space office the spaceman guy yeah. who had a flamethrower so they all, they're all named after something so there's the fear the pain the, and i think the space guy was the fury yeah the he's the fury has been sent up into space yeah and he come back all scarred yeah so he just you were you fought him in a bunch of corridors where you yeah. would just light up a corridor yeah with uh, and yeah if you were in that you're in trouble yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just remember the cutscene for that one being like, oh, oh, wow, they really, like, you know, credit where credit is due, he really sells you on the idea that this person is not well in their mm-hmm. mind. He is not a happy man. And then the, the guy who was covered in bees! Yeah. He was I covered that, in bees! I think that was the, was pain. the pain. The That's fear, the pain. Yeah. Definitely the pain, yeah. It's still to this day when I hear fear or pain, I often think, fear, hey. <laughs> That's what they say when they're covered in bees. Oh, yeah, I think covered in bees. Um, but also, uh, also, ocelot thinks he's an ocelot at some points. Yeah, there is that. I, <laughs> um, that is the campest thing I think that's ever been in a video game. Is his <laughs> like what? What did you just do, young man? No, come back, come back. Show everyone, show everyone what you just did. I, I just, I just went. Did you? Mind you, mind you, that seems to be his character arc for that game, doesn't it? His character yeah, arc for that game well. seems to be being a, um, I don't know what you want to call it, an affectatious little wanker. <laughs> so yeah, but the thing is, again, spoilers for <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3, he's actually supposed to be on your side the whole game. He just decides to mess with you because he wants to fight you at parts. Wants to fight you? Yes, yeah. yes, that's definitely it. He wants to yeah. fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah! It started as a fight. Um, yeah. So uh, again, uh, the one thing I always remember was uh, was uh, the the big commander Volgrim, where he just he sets like he's the one who's on lightning. Is that right? Yeah. Is it Volgrim? Yeah, it is Volgrim. Yeah, Volgin. 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 Sorry. Where he's, he just sets bullets because he's Lightning Man for, yeah. for reasons. 
all of the I love the way it's like Snake is always like the best superist, most bestest soldier. No superpowers. Every every everybody else has superpowers. Like <laughs> you you have guns. <laughs> Did you know there's a there's a trick in the Volgan fight? No, go on. Yeah, so you know um you know you I think I don't know if it's the start of the game. Actually it's the start of this because they, they, they start the game again with a first mission and a longer yeah. second mission. They start the second mission and you're wearing a Raiden mask. Oh, yes, yes. As a bit of a like, aha, ah, no, we're not doing that. Um, yeah. But if you put the Raiden mask on during the Volgan fight, it turns out that someone who looks like Raiden was uh, Volgan's boyfriend. So yeah. he stop for a sec and you can get in a few hits on him. Because you're like, is that you? Yeah. And yeah. Again, it's very gamey, but it's it's just <laughs> yeah. So there's the uh, and then there's the bit that you climb into a cardboard box from the game, and they have if you phone use the codex, um, you have this long conversation about I feel like I belong here. <laughs> Something very homely about being in this box. <laughs> the guy on the other end's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's my <that> idea? <laughs> I've always thought it's been said by other people that when you play a snake, it's like, why does snake not know about things? Like, like, <laughs> ah, bullets, huh? Yes, 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 snake, bullets, they go in gun. Gun, huh? What, what do I use that for? What do you mean, what do you use that for? It's fucking gun. Why do you not know this? Like, I'm exaggerating, but there's a lot of bits like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like Samus. He just has, like, temporary amnesia during every game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think the the ending it's very again oh, yeah. for the time powerful for video games in that basically it turns out the the entire time again spoilers you're the person you're fighting the person who's betrayed America was good yeah she she it was she was under orders from from the United from the president of the United States yeah um, and you have no choice but to kill her. Um, and it's your mentor, so it's again, it's that mirrored thing with the, the later Metal Gear games, where she is kind of a mother to uh, Naked Snake. Yeah, um, and she has the title of boss. That's where he becomes big boss boy. Yeah, um, it's weird to talk about Metal Gear Solid Three in terms of its influence because when you've got something that's that original, it's like. It's hard to mimic, really, without directly copying it. Because I got like, I'm tr- I, like, in terms of overall influence, of course, Metal Gear has had huge influence across so many games. It's ridiculous, but that one specifically, I think it's you know, oh, I think it's I think one thing it did is change, um, have ideas of how stories can progress and change you. Because there's also the bit in the game where you lose your eye. And that actually affects gameplay because now you can't aim as well as you could. Which, you know, most games you just lose an eye and that's it. You know, you just, everything continues as normal. In this one, you lose an eye and as someone who actually has lost vision in one of his eyes, I'd say it's actually pretty accurate (laughs) how that works. Um, Um, Yeah, I I also think sympathetic villains... Yeah, all well-rounded villains. Story is not as they're supposed to be. I mean, they they kind kind of did that in two as well, but um, and 
in some in one as well but i think three went further quite a lot further and, yeah um when you compare the story of metal gear 3 to say god of war oh yeah i mean god of war is just fight things kill things yeah yeah with exactly. a little bit to do around it yeah it's not as simple as that but in general that's it Whereas, i mean god of war is a straight line basically in terms yeah. of its story it's a straight line which is that which is fine there is plenty of I mean, like all, pretty much most of the games we've talked about, apart from Metal Gear Solid 3, will be pretty much straight lines in terms of their story. Uh, maybe Devil, I mean, no, not really. It's still a straight line. It's just, it's just a what a twist at the end where the person who is bad, who is obviously bad, is also bad. You know, one of those ones. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, wasn't wasn't one of the protagonists just pretending to be a clown half the time? Yes, yeah. one of <laughs> like I don't know why. Like I, I think it is. Again, there's still a lot of this going on of of people trying to do the Joker. It's like because the Joker is popular, so let's do the Joker. There was a lot of that. Again, see, like having not really played much in Metal Gear Solid, right. it's like it's like listening to it, it's like I've had some kind of aneurysm. <laughs> right. Uh, we we we've just straight onto the Devil May Cry three. Yeah, we have. Um, um, but sorry. yeah, I I understand to. Well, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We were talking there about Devil May Cry 3, not Metal Gear Solid. There is no one pretending to be the Joker in Metal Gear Solid 3 that I can think of. No, probably not. Um, I mean, you can, you can camouflage yourself as a Kabuki woman. Of course you can. Why would you not be able to do that? And for the final fight, it's actually one of the best camouflages because it's white on red. <laughs> You can be very well hidden as a geisha. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> Work for me. It's a good strategy. Well, and then probably knowing Hideo Kojima, if you put on a black and white mask and then changed all the settings on your consoles, it was entirely in black and white. No one could see you wherever you were on the screen. You would do that. I'm, I'm like that's <laughs> that. I mean, he hasn't yet, but it's probably in the next Metal Gear. Oh no, it won't be now. <laughs> no, it won't be. Sorry, I just just made myself feel sad because <laughs> the next Metal Gear will be a remake of the original Metal Gear. It will have no one of note in it. <laughs> the next Metal Gear will be a series of NFTs. Oh yeah, yes, um, it will. It will be an NFT game pumped by Konami. But there are rumours that the, a Metal Gear Solid Three remake is on its way. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Everyone else can enjoy it now, but we've gone to get spoilers about it. Yeah. You Everyone knows the plot, then they're never going to play it again. God. You say about stuff, though, which had a lasting legacy for March. Go on. Yeah. The other big one, which we haven't touched on yet, is the the little console that could with the Nintendo DS. Yes. Oh, was that March that year? In the UK. Yeah. Oh, wow. In the UK, yeah. Yeah. So, so in the, yeah, in the UK, I, the same month, uh, the PSP and the, the DS came out, and one was the clear winner. Yeah. The 10 <laughs> year life cycle discontinued in 2014. And as of September the 30th, 2018, its units shipped were 154.2 million. Is that the best selling handheld of all time? And I think that means the best selling video game system. You want to know. But I had it. I mean, but where it, where it fails a bit in March was it had a very pretty lackluster yeah. lineup. Oh yeah, the the initial lineup was total garbage. 
Well, not well, total garbage. Got... There was the Mario 64 remake, which should have been the version. Well, maybe not. Had some... Well, it's it's the version I, I, I could... Because I never had an N64. So when I bought... A... Yeah, I think that's yeah. the definitive version of Mario 64. I, I played that version and I really liked it. And then I went back and when they did the 3D All-Stars a couple of years ago. Um, and I was like, oh, this game, I don't like it. I it really hard, so I... Uh, the only thing I have about that game is that you start off as Yoshi for some reason. Yeah, I mean that's a weird decision that they, yeah. you know, locked people away. But the extra levels and stuff were good. Yes, yes, they were. Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd um, get on board with that. I think it was actually only that one decision where I was like, "Why have you done this this way? Yeah. That's weird." Um, but yeah, and um, the Mar- other Mario Where Touch was it a launch game. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that was good. Was good? I um, think. Yeah, I think that was the first one that that probably the first Wario get where game I would have played. I'm mm. pretty sure. I remember going. So I think it was when you first had a flat hodge and just going around and like at nights at, at the morning after nights out, just waking up and playing Wario where. Yeah. Oh, everyone. Because you, you so I think Matt, you had an imported DS, didn't you? I think did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't have WarioWare on it. I had uh, the Mario 64 thing. And I think that was it. I think every other game I got on it yeah. was, was regular UK. Some of the mini mini games? The mini games on Mario 64 were good. Oh, yes. Dutch ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think the thing is, they were on a couple of different cards as well. I think they, they yeah. appeared on a couple of ones where it's like, here, have some touch mini games as well. Okay, fine. Like, slinging my bombs and stuff at things. Yeah. And then the, um, the slightly more mare side of the lineup was Metroid Prime Hunters. I'm going to disagree with you on that. It was kind of for its couldn't time. Get into it. Huh? Okay. For its no, time. Couldn't get into it. For its time and considering what it was on, it was amazing that it worked as well as it did. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a brilliant example of Metroid Prime because it's very much kind of um, choo- like you choose your own path sort of thing which of course metroid is generally about you know oh where does that bit i can't go in that bit yet i'll come back later when i've got power-ups and, and do that and there wasn't a lot of yeah. that in the game so but that's yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely not a game that's held up it's definitely like for its time it was probably fine maybe i've just got maybe maybe this is a case of me having some rose-tinted spectacles about that game and actually if i was to go back i go oh no oh no 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 yeah, i mean in, in fairness, you're talking to someone who won't hear a bad word said against Metroid Prime Pinball. <laughs> of course. What about that other Metroid Prime game that came out a couple of years ago that felt like a complete troll attempt by Nintendo? There was there was no other Metroid Prime game. There yet. is no other. There's Metroid. There's no. No, didn't happen. Was it like Metroid Prime Chibi Hunters? Didn't happen. It did. No, didn't. There's proof. No, there isn't lies. Don't believe Kev's lies. You want Metroid Prime? I'm Captain Vosh. Don't believe Kev's lies. Federation Force. No, lies. Federation Force. Shut up. Controversial opinion, but that that is the best Metroid Prime game. Right. The only reason I'm not responding to that is because you've clearly never played that. (laughs) (laughs) You've clearly never played that. So it could be. So I mean, it could be, but you, but you know that. But also, it's definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But it could be. (laughs) Um. Um, Also, 
came out in the UK that month was PSP. Yeah, the PSP with um, you went no, deeds. Bring them back. The, yeah. the best way to fire small discs across your room if you didn't have access to a children's <laughs> toy which could do the same thing. Yeah. My my overwhelming memory of the PSP was that fact that the um, eject button was in a bad place. So yeah. you could like inadvertently send your games flying out across the room if you yeah. weren't paying attention. God, it was a, such a satisfying little chunk because I don't think we'd had that since like cassette, you know, Walkmans and stuff <laughs> like that. That's what that was the feeling. Was that very like tactile, crunchy? That game uh, is in that fucking system, clunk sort of thing. It was such um, It was it was also such a like old school Sony movie, wasn't it? It's was like yeah, yeah, you want this. How about this proprietary thing? Yeah, you like that, don't you? Do you want to buy? Do you want to buy your favourite films and about five episodes for forty quid <laughs> That's right. and watch it on a on a tiny screen on the train? Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But watch these four episodes of Family Guy over and over again on this tiny little screen for wow. forty quid. Yeah, but I mean, let, let's be fair. We all watch stuff on tiny screens nowadays. Oh yeah, it's just it was the proprietary <laughs> hardware that's the issue. Like, yeah, yeah. Everything's going. Everything's going digital. Well, let's make it a new format. Like, no. Well, yeah. I mean, let's not pretend for a second that the DS was not guilty of this and whacking two episodes of something onto a cartridge and selling it. For oh, wasn't? Quid. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there like a couple of episodes of Pokemon or something that they did that with? Um, Pokemon, Ninja Turtles, Sonic. Gosh, how many of those did Kirby. you buy, Hodge? <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> honestly, <none of> them. <laughs> honestly. Um. What's interesting is they both they both had issues with piracy, didn't they? Yeah. I think like the PSP sold very yeah. well comparatively, but people just got it and then cracked it. Yeah. And the the similar things happened with the DS with the like playing your game cartridges. So the, Yeah, piracy was rampant on the DS. I think the, the so DS because the DS because the DS was so wide ranging. It didn't affect it as much. The, yeah. the people who had to pirate on it would pirate, but mm. the, the the people who bought it for brain training and Nintendo just bought it for brain training and Nintendo dogs. Um, I, I think the, yeah, the PSP generally the people who bought it didn't buy the games, which yeah, uh, and and also I think also there was a problem with the price point of the games. Um, a lot of them were like 30, 35, 40 quid, which was about the same price as a, a regular game. So there was very much a feeling of I could buy a PSP game or I could buy a full-price console game. So I'll probably buy a full-price console game because there weren't there weren't that many absolute must-haves on the PSP um, during its lifetime uh, that I can recall. I can only... Like, I was trying to think what games I got with the PSP and it must have been Wipeout Pure and Need for Speed. Wipeout uh, Pure is the... I looked at the launch lineup and that was the game. Yeah. But that a couple of years later came out as as part of Wipeout HD on the PlayStation Three. Yeah, it didn't did. It? Yeah. Um, and, but it's, uh, it's great. It is really good. I mean, I have fond memories of my PSP, um, but the I, you know, I always always remember that you know my PS my PS Vita came along and it's like, mm, yeah. Um, uh, it's. You know, I think that my favourite game on that was uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and funnily enough, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, which has never been re-released on anything ever. Um, yeah, they had they had a they had quite a big library for what it was. There was a yeah. lot of games that were exclusive to it. Like I think they eventually ported it, like the 
they had two God of War games. Yes, yeah. They, which made, are, which they made a Gran Turismo. They, they supported it a lot more than they did the beta. Yeah. Um, with, like, exclusive. And there, there was a two Grand Theft Auto exclusive, wasn't there? I think they later released yes, it in PlayStation right. 2. There was yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The um, City Stories and Vice City Stories. That's right, which Rockstar yeah. haven't ruined with horrible re-releases yet. Give them, give them a week. Um, yeah, there was quite a lot of games on it, and I think you sort of forget that. I mean, they had a rock band game, they had, they had all sorts. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, was properly supported. I love the fact that consoles—they got so creative to get um, for rock band games onto handhelds. Like again, that little DS cartridge with the um, the clicky clacky buttons on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, lovely, lovely little console. I really enjoyed it. Trying to think what UMD I definitely had a UMD, but I can't remember what it was of now. Spider-Man 2. It might have been it might have been something like that, because it would have been it wouldn't have been something I'd bought, it'd been something that would have been gifted as part of a it's a, it's a Sony film, so yeah. yeah. It's about a year old at that point. So. Yeah. Also that month, uh Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the first Lego Star Wars. It's a really good game. Yeah. Really um, fun co-op game. I think it's genuinely funny too. I I genuinely think you can draw a line between the success of that game and the current massive upshift in the cultural consciousness of Lego at the minute. Yes and no. I mean, I mean, Lego's always been popular. No, 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 you're you're right more to an extent than I think you're correct for, but it's not the game. The reason what saved Lego was getting the Star Wars license to make Lego. Yeah. So that's what did it. It was yeah. The, the game came about because of their licensing for the Lego Star Wars toy sets and how well that did. Yeah. Because it was basically their decision to shift into making licensed IP Lego sets with Star Wars that saved the company. Hadn't they done? But they'd done Lego Star Wars sets before that, hadn't they? There'd been some in like the. I think. I think you're. I think both of these. No, I think it was early two thousand. I think both of these things like contribute. Because they started making Lego games of everything after they made the, the the first two Lego Star Wars games, right? But they were they were family friendly games, really fun. Everyone could play them. You could just anyone could nip in and and play as two player. Not too complicated. You you can't fail. Yeah. The only thing you can the only thing you, if you die a lot you can't get the hundred percent. Um, but it's yeah, it sure showed what you could do with these Lego games, and they were really good. Yeah. yeah, they've maintained the quality. The only problem with more recent Lego games is they've had like a desire to ensure you can unlock hundreds of people. Yeah. And not every franchise can support that. Yeah. Like, for example, that very much did not work with their Lego Jurassic Park game. Ooh, <laughs> you could unlock Ian, the tech guy in red and blue shorts. Oh, oh. <laughs> tempting but, us. The first one, it was very tight. Like, you just do, you each episode it was based on episodes one to three so like yeah. not the most popular i mean you know seems more like a golden age compared to uh, the yeah. uh, recent jj abrams film but that's for another podcast um <laughs> um but it was basically you would play for each game there'll be six levels per game and that would be it there was no faffing around in in an overworld getting from a to b which has kind of annoyed me the, the more recent ones like yeah i could go there and try and unlock stuff but can i just play the levels why do I have to travel halfway across uh, New York in in the Marvel Avengers man, just to get to the next level? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I like, like I know, Sorry? but 
I, I like that, Kev. I'm going to disagree with you on that point. Okay. I really like the the the, the hub world in Marvel Mar- in Lego Marvel Heroes. Maybe I'm the only one. It's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, they. they I enjoyed. Capture- I enjoyed Lego. I enjoyed Lego Marvel's Heroes enough to platinum it, so it didn't put me off the whole world. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Keeping keeping on 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 the uh, I was going to say the Star Wars train, but wouldn't be a train. Yeah. It would be like a yeah. ATSD. Um, also, March was the the final volume of the Clone Wars two D micro series. Oh. Five five episodes of twelve minutes each. Was that the um, was that the one they introduced Grievous? Yes. Yeah. And he they gave Grievous his um. Yeah, it like it's uh, it's such a shame that they've thrown they... it to the bin of canon because it does some really cool stuff. Like yeah. the reason all the clone troopers have got little kilts when they're of a certain rank is because of that series yeah. that introduced it because it looked cool. Yeah, it does a really good job in that series of showing and explaining why Grievous has that um, cough, short breathedness, and his cough, and it isn't just because he's you know an asthmatic. You had to live in a robot body to survive flowers. Um, it's like Anakin force crunches his chest, doesn't he? The distance, I'm right? No, it's not Anakin. It's not Anakin, but someone does do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Anakin's not supposed to meet him. No. Oh yeah. Because right. in the in the Clone Wars series, they keep Anakin and Grievous apart. Because at the first in episode oh. three, yeah, Anakin says, "I'll uh, finally get to meet you, Grievous, and yours." Yeah, and I'm I'm going to so, pronounce this wrong. But because it's all it's done by Gendy Tartakovsky, it that like, is absolutely it looks, great pronunciation. Yeah, it all just looks so cool, and it's all nice and cleanly animated, and it looks amazing. I watched in preparation of this. I watched a bit, a bit of it on um, a bit of this what? volume. On we Disney don't Plus do homework for this. <laughs> I know, but I'll... I keep wanting to. Re- I keep meaning to rewatch this. It gave me a good excuse to watch a little bit of it. The the one thing I remember about it is how. Um, and this is particularly, it's a Gendy Tartakovsky thing, is how he uses visuals to tell the story more than people talking or dialogue. So there'll be a, like whole stretches where nobody says a word. There's whole episodes of that micro-series. In fact, most of that micro-series, nobody says a damn word. Um, yeah. And the action speaks for itself. Um, I think that takes a shift in season two. Yes. Because, yeah, well, volume two even. Because yeah, that at that point it is telling more of a story to lead it because it ends, doesn't it? It leads directly into episode three. Yeah, I also think there was a desire for, uh, and it's funny enough, I think it's actually part of an accessibility desire. I think it was people who are uh, maybe uh, blind, for example, where it's like, oh, there's what's going on, and dialogue helps bring them into the story a bit more. I think that might be might be part of the reason for it. It could be completely wrong. I'm just making a total guess because I haven't done any homework. <laughs> Unlike Scotty like Hodge. I did some homework. <laughs> but it's like that that miniseries is also um it does a lot to make those films better. Yes. Yeah. Like before Clone Wars proper would come along and do it even more so. Uh yeah, I think you know, I think we can look at so not the micro series, but the, the one of the benefits of the Clone Wars TV series is that it it makes the prequel series so much better. And you, I'm I'm gonna hope someone comes along and does that for the uh, for the you know the sequel trilogy at some point. You got hope. You got hope that someone comes along and maybe does some of that work. Um, 
because I've god damn it needs it. <laughs> I mean, I've 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 I may I won't have expressed on this podcast my theory that there is actually no plague, Joe Rogan fans. That what's actually happening is uh, since 2019, since the winter of 2019, we've all been collectively dying of cringe from having watched The Rise of Skywalker, um, because that film was so fucking bad. So you, bad. You realise you, realize you shout means that we're not going to be uh, able to be sponsored by Neil Young anymore. Oh, come on. Like, Neil Young and, and the other dinosaur who are threatening to leave Spotify, I'm sure. Like, it's, don't get me wrong. They are leaving Spotify for the right reasons, but yes, I don't yeah. think they're going to put a huge dent in Spotify's revenue of people listening to Neil Young music. I liked... Um... I saw a post on Twitter where it was like the three generations using Spotify and the youngest generation was who's he? The second generation was oh, he's still alive. Yeah. And the third generation was what Spotify? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Again, brilliant, brilliant series. And uh, Gendy Tarkovsky still... Apparently there is a series of um, primitive... What is it called? Primal. 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 Yeah, season two is pretty soon, I think. Yes. If you haven't seen Primal Kev, go watch it. It's brilliant. Okay. Cool. Don't watch it with kids around. I haven't seen it, so no. what's it on? It's on um it's on E4, so you have to put up with annoying adverts. But because no one really knows or cares about it, the adverts are very minimal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good adverts, it's annoying adverts. No, but they're barely even there aren't really any. It kind of shows okay. the channel four logo and goes straight back to it. Okay. Um so, have we exhausted video games for... I think so. Wow. Think we, that, this this was a, a big, big month. I mean, yeah, I think that the year 2005, I'd probably say the big games that came out that year were... Uh, the Solid Three, yeah. Resident Evil 4, God of War, and yeah. uh, Devil May Cry 3. And I think Shadow of the Colossus, maybe. But, you know, that's four of the, probably the big games that came out that year. Yeah. Um, um, ridiculous. Uh, and... And I think it's interesting that okay, last of the last episode we kind of shifted a little bit left and a sh- little bit right to say, well, this was released about this time. Um, in this one, it's like nope, all in this month, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, with with some some coming out later in the UK. I think Resident Evil Four and Metal Gear Solid Three came out earlier. Um, in yeah, in other places, there, but, yeah. Um, but we still saw in that. But I think we were we were only months behind rather than years behind at that point. Yeah. So um, I um because we're running out of time, but aren't we? I think. But I just want to um run a quick a few quick TV things past you though. See if you've got any comments on it. That okay. I'll run for, I'll run for it all first. So we had The Office, an American workplace premiering hey. with oh. the the first. You know, series which is basically just the same series as the UK. Um, I think now the the first episode is now. Quick poll: Do you prefer the UK version or the American version? American, hands down. Yeah, same here. I well, let, I will just say for what it like what it is the UK office is like a perfect thing of those two seasons or whatever it had. I don't think you could have done as many seasons as the, the the American office had because they are different vibes of programs. I would say that the mm. that the US version of the office is a lot less mean spirited than Yeah, I think that version. I think that comes from Steve Corral. I think yeah. um, that Ricky Gervais is playing a character that might be fairly apparent to British yeah. people 
and that, that it may have not quite to the degree he is, but I think he will have worked with people who are a bit like him. Yes. Yeah. I definitely have. Um, Steve Carell is is a lot more likable, and it's it, you can tell throughout the series they they start. He's very much has an antagonistic relationship with a lot of the people, but towards the end they like him. Yeah. I think it just comes through. I think that they make things about him that you know he's. He says terrible things, but he's not a terrible person. He, he's, he's, incom- he's more good-natured than yeah, he, he's incompetent, but he's not bad, is yeah. the thing I think it is. There's also the fact that they made the smart decision very early on to start expanding the rest of the cast as well, Yeah, which the UK one never really does to anywhere near the same extent no. as early on as the American one does. And Jim and Pam are better than Tim from The Office and forget the <laughs> other one's name. <laughs> Pam from the office. Is it Pam? No idea. No, I actually can't remember. No. I think it is Pam. Maybe it's not. Tim from the office and Mackenzie Crook from the office. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, until you said that, I've, I'd forgotten Mackenzie Crook was in it until this moment, <laughs> to be honest. Um, okay. Also, also in March on TV, and this date is important, the 26th of March. Doctor Who comes back after 16 years. Wow. And then on the 30th of March, a scant four days later, the BBC announces that Christopher Eccleston will not be back for season two. <laughs> what? But I didn't realise it was so quick. In all fairness, I think we were, I don't know about you, but I went into that Doctor Who read, the new Doctor Who, thinking it was going to be awful. And I think by the end of it, we all got really into it. Yeah, and the, no one was expecting everyone, the serialised nature and it think all the little clues later out to yeah. watch the final episode like it was a bit of an event. Um, certainly in my university house. Um, so I, I think they did a really good job. Um, oh, they did. I mean, it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Well, they're bringing Russell T. Davis back now and apparently they're bringing David Tennant back and Catherine Tate. So we'll see how long it lasts now. Okay. So it's a mixed bag then. Yeah, because what what's really good for a, a series is when you just go back to what it was 20 years ago. Let's do exactly okay. the same thing with a character that's which, supposed to regenerate as a new character every couple of seasons. Let's just go back to something, shall we? Which which producer was it who whose fault was it when they turned the Doctor into basically Dobby the whole self and saved him through the power of prayer? That was Russell D. Davis. Yeah. So he's he's very much like some other um, people we could point to who are good at setting up, but cannot write themselves out of a hole to save their lives. Yeah, I um, mean he, he successfully brought Doctor Who back, and I think the first two yeah, series yeah. thing were good. I think most of the third, but I, I think he he relies on magic a bit too. And he, at the end of the first series, there's there's a lot of magic where like Rose yeah. was at the part of the TARDIS and. Disappears and then Thanos snaps all the uh, the Daleks away and makes Jack. Yeah, and he goes, "Why, why, why, Billy? Why are you going away, Billy? I mean, Rose." And she just goes, "Oh, because because I want to. Because I want to." <laughs> no one is going to get that. Even I'm, like I'm not going to say, oh, "Oh, like our oh, overseas listeners aren't going to get that." No one's going to get that. I barely I'm, got that. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're not in the TARDIS anymore. You're always playing your songs too loud. Fucking <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, um, hell. Yeah, so then he left. 
Yeah. And also the big the big bombshell, which I'm sure you'll both remember from March this year, uh-huh. was the the final the final episode of Cat Dealey on CD UK. <gasps> really? No. <laughs> do, do you remember Cat Dealey? I, I remember Cat Dealey. Yeah. Isn't, isn't she still doing things? Doesn't she, doesn't she do the American version of Strictly or something? Oh, is that where she went? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. So unlike Ruby Wack, she's like a, a well-known figure. <laughs> in, in America now. Yeah. Um, I did not know she was hiding in the States. I mean, not hiding. She's not hiding not in plain hiding sight. Uh, hiding in plain hiding. sight like a mort. Like a... Harry and Meghan can go where they want. <laughs> hiding in plain sight like an effective transformer. <laughs> <laughs> like an effective transformer present, presenting CD UK. Where's Cat Dealey gone? She's disappeared. Now there's just this American trans, this American reporter um, presenter who looks exactly the same. I thought you were about to say this trans American reporter there, and I thought we were about to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I think people are allowed to change jobs from one country to another. Yeah. Also, also, I just like the idea that people just can't be lost or made inconspicuous. They have to be an alien robot from a far-flung civilization millions of years ago. No, they can't just be. They can't just have gone to Canada or some shit. No, they must be a fucking robot. That's how that works. I mean, she's just gone to present a show in America. She probably gets paid a lot of money. A show that none of us are going to watch. No. So. Yeah, because <laughs> why would we? Um, right, uh, movies. There, there were movies uh, in March. Um, most notable is, of course, uh, Vin Diesel in The Pacifier. Um, oh, for, right. Yeah. What? For, fulfilling, like, I don't know what it is, but whenever you've got, like, a big action star, right, on the rise... They seem to have to do a kid-friendly family comedy. Um, so in in the pacifier, have you not? Oh, yeah. Do you not know what the pacifier is? I, yeah, I know. I, I, yeah. I saw the poster. Yeah, yeah. So I think Arnie he's obviously in like did bonnet or something with yeah. a, a baby dummy. Yeah. Uh, so Arnie did like kindergarten cop, and I think a couple of other people did a couple of other ones. I'm not going to go through. Has the Batista done one recently? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah, My Spy, which keeps popping up yeah. on Amazon, which I'm not watching it. You can't make me. The Rock's done a couple, at least. Um, one where he's like the Tooth Fairy. And this was Vin Diesel's one where he is a secret agent and a, a babysitter. It's always something like they're a secret agent and or they are a badass and, you know, something that puts them in touch with kids, basically. Hopefully they don't touch kids. Um, that's different. These were the days where Jermaine um, Maxwell... And where, are you, where are you going with this? I don't know. Um, we'll cut this. This will not be <laughs> you used. Put, you've got your sandwich. Right? Um, but yeah, anyway, so I've, they put me in touch with the You've got your sandwich. I've, I've, I've done, <laughs> I put up the poster for the pacifier. Right. And I don't think, basically, it's it's your man there with a baby on his back. Your man? And a baby on his front. <laughs> forgot his name for a minute. And a very, a very surly, stropping looking, stroppy looking girl at the front with her arms folded, glaring at him. 
Yeah. All, all, all so good so far. You can imagine at this point what the plot's about. He's going to be, oh, I'm looking after these two kids. I'm so busy. And this little girl down here doesn't give me a break. She thinks I'm shit, but I've got oh, a gold me. I'm going to win this kid over. So far, you know what's going on, don't you? Yeah. But, behind, but, but, this is where the intrigue comes in. Behind him, standing inexplicably on a small blue ball. Here we go. Is a duck. What's that duck doing there? What's he got to do with the pacifier? Canal. Now you want to watch it, don't you? You want to find out what this duck's doing here? I, What's no. the duck up to? Do you know what? I, I, didn't, in. I had no interest in watching the pacifier, but after you said that, I still have no interest in watching the pacifier. Um, well, I have got some good news for you. Oh, okay. good. It's available on Disney Plus. You can watch it after we finish talking. I, I, you did not hear what I said there, but that's fine. <laughs> but I think we should all watch the pacifier and rejoin next week to discuss the pacifier. <laughs> I am. That's, that's your home. I am generally week. down to do that, but I think that would be funny. Watch uh, the pacifier and write in. Um, write in. Write it, yeah, write in. Where am I living? Um, right. Still okay. email. Yeah, send send us an email to the email address that we currently don't have set up. We'll set one up. <laughs> we'll have to set one up. Um, also, also Kev, people, you still say people are writing if they do an email. Yeah. Um, yeah, send it to too late update at gmail.com. There we go. We've got an email address now. I'll just get onto Gmail and do it. There you are. Simple. That's how you do things, lads. That's how you get things I... sorted. Now I really hope that email has been taken by I want to else. move on. Like, <laughs> I want to move on from the pacifier. Why, why, why have I had a whole one email about the file? Because we're in 2005. <laughs> why have I had a whole one email about the pacifier? What is this? Jesus. <laughs> Other movies that came out. <laughs> the only really one that would. The only other one that's really worth talking about, you've broken my ability to speak, is Old Boy, which is a fantastic, I don't know what you'd call it really, a crime drama, action movie. It's, I think it was marketed as a revenge film. Yeah, it's, it's a revenge not film. Really it, a revenge yeah, yeah. Film. It, I mean, it is. It, yeah. It's definitely yeah. a revenge film. Yeah. Um, in many in more ways than one. Yeah. yeah. It's. Um, it's one of those films where you go through it and you kind of realise what's going on and then you go, oh God, and then it keeps happening. Uh, and it's like, oh God, and then things change. You're like, oh God, um, it just keeps mounting and mounting and mounting. And it's about a regular guy, you know, gets kidnapped off the street, um, put in a room for X many years. Um, he teaches himself how to fight with a hammer in that time. Um, and then it's eventually... pretty easy, isn't it? I mean... You swing a hammer, you're pretty much fighting with it, aren't you? I mean, if 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 someone swung a hammer and it hit me, I would describe them as fighting me with a hammer against like thirty it's not, people. It's not I think a very famous like fighting people. scene. So yeah. it's a it's a scene. It's like, is it like a one shot where he, he just fights yeah. a load of guys for a corridor that you will have seen in lots of other things? Yeah, you will have seen this. Like, yeah, you, you will have yeah, seen definitely. this. Yeah, yeah, you will have seen this film ripped off. This scene ripped off in so many films after this. It's ridiculous. Um, technically, the daredevil scene. Where he goes through the thing is kind of a take on that. It's not not exactly. Uh, okay. It's, yeah, it's similar. Uh, I wouldn't, but it's yeah. You're, the the scene is quite famous. Yeah. Um, it's also another one of these films that uses intrigue right off the bat to get you involved because like the first thing you you see about it is you know, it's called Old Boy. He's like, oh, he's old. 
he's also a boy. How can that be? Oh, let's watch. <laughs> let's watch and find out. You are. <laughs> you are the oh, death of cinema. <laughs> how can, how, how can you he are. be these two, these two different things at once be contained within one person? Let's find out. <laughs> I'd love to see how you interpret some of these titles. <laughs> Do you just get totally bamboozled when someone goes, "Oh, look at that young woman"? Does your brain like freak out and die? Is that what happens? No, because no, because woman is another descriptive term for a a a a, a, a woman. <laughs> But boy is like definitely the opposite of old. Boys are definitely not old. This one is. He's an old boy. Like I wouldn't describe you as a boy and say you were a man. <laughs> Thank you. On the, I think. On the countless times I've asked to give a description of you. <laughs> so you, you said that Matthew Wynn, can you give us a description, please? I go, yeah, he is an, an adult man. Okay, he's an old boy. But go, what are you talking about? You mean he's a man? But yeah, yeah, do you right? I'm imagining that you've been asked to do a five-minute presentation on the film Old Boy, and you didn't bother watching it. <laughs> that's what this is like. That's what this is like. <laughs> oh God! The first thing that made me about Old Boy is its title. Now, traditionally, boys are young, but. Before the word. Oh, wait. Wait till he he finds out it's a Korean film and they're not even speaking English. It's going to fucking blow his mind. (laughs) Jesus Christ. They should have called it something in Korean, shouldn't they? That was just a silly (laughs) thing to do. I bet bet, bet it didn't do well in Korea because it was advertised as Old Boy. We went, ah, I don't want to watch a foreign language film. So I went to see it. (laughs) No. Um. The, the title Old Boy is actually part of the mystery. Yeah. That's what I said. No, yeah. not the way you're talking about <laughs> no, no, not the way you're talking about it. No. no very no, much no. I have to put paint to that immediately. Right. So, <laughs> I still can't get over this. Right. Okay. So we've we've covered our three main topics. Music. Was there anything notable in music? I don't think there was. Just one quick thing about films, though. Like, okay. Because I remember it's being advertised everywhere. Did right. anyone ever watch Robots? Because it's always looked a bit shit to me. Oh, Robots. Yes, of course that came out. I've seen Robots. Um, I've seen it. It's all right. It's it. You know the film that you think it is. It's that film. It's when um, it's when DreamWorks is it? I assume it's DreamWorks. I think it's, it's no. I think this might be 20th Century Fox actually. I think yeah. technically now it's a Disney film. It's um, when it's when everyone was like, we want to make films like Pixar. I'm like, well, you're not as good as Pixar. Well, we want to be. Yeah, um, it's it's like everyone was running to catch up with Pixar. So like, this is basically Life of Robots. Oh, what if robots was real and had feelings and that. Uh, um, yeah, you're right. It is 20th century animation. Yeah, so it's it's not terrible. It's serviceable if you want to, you know, put it on for your kids or anything. It's fine. It's just, you know, uh, it's it's you know, it's it's not it's not as good as DreamWorks or Disney. It's just kind of there. 
it's fine. I know some people have a like a, a big fondness for the film, um, which is okay. It's just you know, just is. It just is. <gasps> Best way to describe both 20th century animal uh, fox. <laughs> 20th century animals. They just are. And it wasn't the 20th century with them. They were just there. Yeah. It's it's not until you get to the 21st century, animals really kicked it up a notch. Yeah. That's when they stopped being there. It became a problem. (laughs) Yeah, that's they were they were increasingly not there. (laughs) This is what happens when animals stop being polite and start being real. (laughs) That would be a very crap documentary series. This is what happens when animals are not there. <laughs> I've come to find this tiger, but it's 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 not there. Yeah. Look, in the outback of Australia, not there. We don't find <laughs> the giant red kangaroo. It's just a picture of like a dusty <laughs> like outback. <laughs> Marvelous. Sound guy <laughs> holding a boom mic at nothing and just shrugging his shoulders. Yeah. Uh. Well. Music-wise, this is a fairly quiet month, but I think you're probably fine with music, but earlier in the year, the, the, wherever the releases are, there's, there's a couple of big ones. Uh, well, big is relative, in that I just I like them. Fair well, enough. one of them I like. So Strapping the Lad released their album Alien this month. Oh. So I am a massive Devon Townsend fan, but I'm a massive Devon Townsend Devon's a massive fan of Strapping Young Lad. <laughs> Sorry. I knew this would happen. Uh, he's 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 like he's he's overtired. He needs <laughs> he needs some rest. He's just doing it for attention um, now, Kev. Carry on. I, I'm a massive Devon Townsend fan. I was I wasn't into strapping a lad at the time. Hodge. Nothing. <laughs> See nothing funny um, about that sentence. But luckily, last summer uh, Devin came over and did a uh, on uh, by request set at Bloodstock Festival. I thought you were going to um, say at your house there, the way you did that. Yeah. Luckily, Devin, Devin came, came over last summer, had a cup of tea. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been the yeah key things. He's busy mates with Devin Townsend. Do you think one of our friends would uh, let me off if I was best mates with Devin Townsend? Uh, <laughs> he'd probably be very upset that you'd kept it a secret for so yeah. long. That he's finding out via a podcast. Yeah, you know, Devin Townsend was isolated for 10 days in the UK before he uh, played at yeah. Bloodstock. Well, Stayed around he, mine. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Yeah. He was around my house. We had a Magnum eating competition. I, Obviously, I, like, I won. The, the thing is, I like the idea that he would stay in your like spare bedroom. And it's like, because I've stayed in your spare bedroom. But there's not a bed in there, is there? It's just like a, a sleeping bag. I love the idea that you would pop te- te- Devin Townsend in that. <laughs> and he'd just Brilliant. get... And he just oh, wake up with ginger pouring at the top of his head. I mean, there's a double bed in our spare bedroom. <laughs> I'm thinking of someone else's house. I'm thinking of someone else's house. Yes, I am. Are you thinking of your spare room? No, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of uh, our uh, someone else's house. Totally. No. You come downstairs. Oh, I didn't sleep very well. There's only a sleeping bag. Why did you sleep on the bed? What bed? Like, oh, definitely. Definitely, you don't look very well. You're right. You're like, oh, I'm not, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling an ice cream whitey. Ice cream whitey. <laughs> that's just ice. That's just been an ice cream all over my face. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> uh, yeah, like he, uh, he, he played uh, a couple of his strapping my lad songs, and he played Alien. I uh, played Love off his album, which is brilliant. 
Cool. Um, other album that notable this month, um, Queens of Stone Age, Lullabies to Paralyze. Oh, yes. At, at this time, I was a big Queens of Stone Age fan. I, I loved Songs to Death. I loved Songs to Death. And I, I bought this album and I was like, oh, oh, this is this is fine. It wasn't fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So loved Songs to Death, like to the point that me and my friend, we, we had a dance we were doing clubs when no one knows came on um it wasn't very loud but it was just standing and jumping around in a circle then going the other, back the other way fair enough <laughs> um but yeah this this album came out and yeah it, it wasn't very good no. but i was still willing to give them a chance and they were playing reading that summer so i had a reading ticket i was like really excited because uh songs of death so good yeah and they were so bad and i was like okay well, maybe that was just a one-off. I'll give them another chance. They played Hyde Park somewhere after, supporting the Foo Fighters. And like, the sound wasn't very good that day. It's like, oh, they're not very good again. Look, give them a chance. It's just the sound. And then they played Rock Hammering a couple of years later. Uh-huh. And ah, just worse. So, <laughs> just so, worse. so, so for they you, are, does they this... One, does one this... of the worst live bands ever. Oh, wow. And Josh Holm is just awful as a singer. And this is a controversial opinion because loads of people love them still, but I don't get it. They're bad live. <laughs> just boring. Um, but yeah, this this was when I was still yeah. interested in interested in them. It's like, yeah, this maybe this was the start of the downfall. I mean, I think none of the members that were in the band for Song for Death, well, he had a habit of changing band members quite a lot. Yeah. I think not many I mean one of them was arrested, so it wasn't really his fault for kicking him out. Yeah. Um the guy who was often naked with a big beard. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think I think he did on robbery, so yeah, he couldn't stay in the band. But I mean, that was the day they lost a lot of their fire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're trading something. Uh, something there. It's like, oh, we need we need that anarchic flavour. I've just come back and I've robbed several stores. Okay. I mean, we it's, do need the anarchic, anarchic. flavour. <laughs> it's but there's it's gone. There's a limit. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, Josh Holm, you'll never be good again. You'll lose all your anarchy and your rage and your aggression. No, it would be fine. That's right. <laughs> also, also, Dave Grohl was on some of the best well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if he left with prophecies. Maybe the, the guy who got arrested said it to both. Josh Holm and Dave Grohl, and they didn't believe him, but he was right. They both lost all their aggression and their fire. But are they happier as a result? Now they're right. now they're not so angry. Maybe they're happier. Not, we're not getting good Foo Fighters albums, are we? Doesn't mean they're not happier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe that's a lesson for us all. But sometimes, well, they do say that you know. Sometimes the side of you that wants to go and arm robbery. It's the side that needs to be exercised. You won't make good music, but you'll be happy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and if there's a mole of this episode, it's that. Yeah. It's <laughs> Everything's that. been leading to this. Yeah. Is that if you want to make like, great art, you need to be miserable. <laughs> there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. Speaking of great art or or being miserable, trying to look at it, Kaiser Chiefs Employment was this month as well. That was that was a big album. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. You can't um, deny that you will even... I know I don't think you like him very much anymore, do you, Kev? But 
you will know all of these titles when I want to read them out to you. Yep. Every day I love you less and less. Every Modern way. I yep. predict a riot. Yeah. Born to be a dancer. Yeah. And of course, na 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 I remember um didn't the lead singer of Kai's Chiefs uh didn't he do one of those panel shows? Probably almost definitely like the voice or something. And it was the, I think it was the day they announced some of the, um, uh, oh, I forget when, it was following the, the riots in 2011. Oh. Um, some people were convicted and they, they announced the results of the trial for that. And I think he came on for the advert on that day or came on the programme and sang, I predict a riot. And oh. people were like, maybe not that song. Was that... It was that recorded live though, or was that pre-recorded that segment? I don't know. I don't know what the voice and stuff. That might be down that might be of the producers yeah. and the editors more than more than him, perhaps. Is oh, Ruby... he'd been he'd been predicting a right for years. He was gonna yeah. get it right eventually, yeah. wasn't he? He didn't in two thousand five he wasn't saying in two thousand and five he wasn't saying a riot's happening right now. Maybe he's some kind of like great Prophet. Uh, seer, and he was like predicting the capital riots. Maybe he could have predicted. Year. Maybe he could have predicted um, the loss of the Queens of the Stone Age talent. <laughs> I mean, his, maybe, all his maybe, songs maybe. are like playing the future. Does, he, does anyone know if he's still? Hang on, every day I love you same... less and less. That's about yeah. the Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I was going to say it's about his partner. Maybe she hasn't worked out. She doesn't love. He doesn't love her anymore. Well, no. Yeah. That's... And. And Maybe. afterwards he'll go, he'll go, na 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 na. He tells them it isn't love anymore. Every day I love you less and less. Na 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 na. Maybe in the future, like Ruby, 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 would you do me? Do it's I forget the lyrics. It's awful. It's Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Wax, wax, wax. <laughs> oh, it's back. <laughs> that's, 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 that's I relatively inoffensive band i think a lot of people if people who like you know people who aren't into our sensibilities and music taste will probably listeners is going why did it take you ages to go through those bands we've never heard of to talk about the kaiser chiefs <laughs> well, i mean queens of stone age are that they're, they're reading festival headliners they're they're a very big band no 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 but i'm, I'm not talking about that kev i'm, t- I'm talking about a different demographic to us in in many respects yeah, I'm um, not saying yeah. nobody's heard yeah. the Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. The Kaiser Chiefs are all right. I like yeah, them. They're, they're, they're not the Arctic Monkeys, are they? As in, they're not as bad as the Arctic Monkeys because I know there's a certain m- number of people out there who think the Arctic Monkeys are great. They're not, though. They're pretty crap. The only way the Arctic Monkeys could be any worse would be if it was a stage full of actual monkeys that they'd put in the Arctic and brought back. And all those monkeys were pissed off at having been sent to the Arctic. And they were so angry, they were just flinging their own poop into the audience. That still sounds better than watching the Arctic Monkeys yeah. live. The only time I've seen the Arctic Monkeys, I definitely felt like monkey poop was being thrown at me. Yeah. And that's not it's because... Inserted into your ears. It was just... Uh, I mean, this is this is on our future 2006 episode, but it was just yeah. one of the worst live performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And I went in because everyone was raving about the album. Like... I wanted to enjoy it. It wasn't. I didn't go yeah. in. Oh, it. I really like. Everyone oh, was so invested that was, at that point. It's like this. This better be good. 
And it really wasn't. It was. <laughs> that was that was definitely the summer of the Arctic Monkeys. It was it was all there for the taking, if you like. And we went to see him, and you know, it was like, who is this small child who has come and held, timorously been led out on stage to stand in front of us? <laughs> and you know, you, you can. And since then, never, never liked them. Just can't. Sorry. It's happened more times, like same with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I used to love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Then I saw them that one time live. Is it Reading? Possibly Reading. And they were awful. Just absolute garbage. So, yeah. There we go. So, sorry, music going public, if you have, if you disagree with us. But these are our personal opinions. They are not opinions yeah. that we espouse that you should have. They are just our own opinions. Oh, my doggy. My doggy's yes. in the room. Yes, yes. Well, if, I mean, if you've sat through a good hour and a half chat about four video games, then yeah. uh, to get to your music bit and disappointed, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you, may, you may get used to our personal music tastes. I mean, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have to heavily edit in this, edit, uh, this episode, I'm sure. But there's an argument to be said that the best song released in March of 2005 the opening theme for Metal Gear Solid 3. Yes. It's the best Bond theme ever. Yeah. Easily. Um, it's it's brilliant. I know it's a, it's a parody of a Bond, but it's just better than any of the Bond theme. I mean, I, I, might, like, I might challenge you no. a little bit that on the lyrics, because some of the lyrics sound like they're making them up as they're watching a video <laughs> for the game. Some days you walk through the rain. Yeah, okay. That's what, and some days you, you'll... You'll feast on, on a tree frog. frog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, snake eater. <laughs> it's probably translated from Japanese, which is probably where some of the clunkiness comes from. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 obviously some some fantastic English. Um, if anyone loves fantastic English and amazing music and video games, I definitely recommend that you check out the Guilty Gear Strive soundtrack because it's fucking banger. Um. But yeah, no, it it genuinely is a great song. Um, I just I just like poking fun at that little bit. Really, it's the only reason. I, it's a yeah, it's uh, isn't it? Uh, don't, don't the band Puppy is it Puppy or Pup? I can't remember who play it. Uh, puppy, puppy, puppy. So it's, yeah, it's a British band called Puppy. Um, Pup also a brilliant band. But Puppy, at one point they used to come out to Snake Eater, and then I think more recently they've come out to the uh, Terminator Two. Which is cool, but it's not as good as Snake Eater. Might have been a rights thing there. Maybe there would have been a bit. Yeah, yeah. It just—it's like—it's one of these things. Like this feels like it's for me, and then like when they come out to Terminator, probably everyone else going, "Oh, this is cool," rather than going, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. For the for the two people in their audience that get it. Yeah. Brilliant. Also, go listen to Puppy and Pup. Yeah, we are now we are now a music podcast <laughs> yeah. where we talk it's about um, we talk about all the bands that most people like that we hate. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything either of you are watching, reading, or listening or playing that you want to talk about briefly? Yes, I am currently reading uh, the first volume of a uh, graphic novel called Die which is basically like Jumanji, if it was Dungeons and & Dragons, and 
everything was very awful. So it's about um, kids who start playing a Dungeons and Dragons game when they're young. They get disappeared into the game. They come back and they can't talk about it. Then like 20 odd years later, they end up going back into the game and have to face all the decisions that they made in that game. Oh, cool. Um, and the third, like, it's... It's very dark, um, but it's very interesting as well because it's like some of the characters played as other genders. So there's like the main character played as a girl in the game. So when he gets transported to this other world, he is a woman, basically. It's it's very, it's it's. I've only started it. And it's really good. Um, so yeah, oh, I'd, recommend, I'd recommend checking it. Out. I'll probably lend it to you uh, at some point as well. Oh, cool. see. Uh, Kev, um, I'll let you go. Yeah. Uh... Music-wise, the first <clears throat> I think the first really good album this year uh, came out last Friday. Um, Celeste, French black metal band, really good. Not again, not for everyone, but um, you Hodge will definitely not like the uh, the singer. Oh, is um, it one of does? Is it like incomprehensible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay. Uh, this week there is a new album by Rodas Massey. So we're, we're recording this the end of January, but uh, this coming week there's a new album by Rodas Massey coming out. Their last album was one of my favourite albums of all time. Um, time will die and love. Uh, time will die and love will bury it. Is that right? Time will I die think... and love will bury it. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favourite albums of all time. And I've temporarily forgotten the title. So this is how tired <laughs> I am getting at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's also a new album out by Venom Prison. Um, and there's another one that I've forgotten, but there will maybe commenting on those next week once I've given them a listen. Um, and I'm playing Hitman 3 at the moment, um, which is very good. It's yes. a, about a year old now, but I'm, I finally got round to it. Um, I'm playing through Hitman 1 and 2 on the Hitman 3 engine, which they allow you to do. Which is um, fantastic, um, and more games should do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just really fun. It's sort of, again, think about Metal Gear 3, where you, you sort of get given an area and you get different ways to sort of solve the area. Nice. Hitman 3 is is a complete sandbox but it's very good at guiding you like oh, okay. you, you walk you walk past them and you hear a conversation it's like oh you could do it this way and you can yeah. follow that thread it's not it's not like too obtuse where it's like oh i have no idea what to do this is a massive area what do i do it's very much like oh here's this why didn't you do this and you're like oh, no i'll do it this way and um it, it's very good and it's just i, I really enjoyed that and i can't yeah. recommend it enough if you're a fan of that type of game. I'm not generally mm. beat, but I'm really. I think like it. it's on yeah. Game Pass, isn't it? I think. So it's just come on Game Pass, so yeah, I think. Yeah, um, I like that game. I, I I think I I definitely recommend them. Um, uh, in terms of video games, I've been playing a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy on the PlayStation. I'm a bit late to the party on that one, um, but I've you, been really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it. Um, I love yeah, the fact. Yeah, it was really good. I love the fact that it's kind of like an alternate history of the. The characters is obviously heavily based on the Marvel movies versions, but they are they feel different as well. Um, uh, and and the one thing I do love about it is the fact that they don't all get on, they're not all friends, but they do all talk to each other a lot. It reminded me like I I'm enjoying this more than I think I would replaying Mass Effect because I've played Mass Effect, and the one thing that always stuck out to me is you're often with the characters and they're just like you've got two people with you who talk to you. And you are Shepard, and you are like basically Jesus, and everything you do is amazing. Whereas in this game, it's like, yeah, you're basically like holding these people together with string and blue tack, and and 
trying to convince them to, to mm. do what you need them to do. And I thought that was great. I thought that's so, that's so much more interesting than, oh, yes, you are great, Shepherd. We must bow down to you and you are amazing because you did that thing that time. Um, I think they do a really good job in that game. You'll find more about it as you get through for it of the character art they give Rocket. Rocket is yes. really well developed, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'm about halfway through that because I've just got to the... And I've just got Drax, to nowhere. Drax as well. Yes. I think... I think, well, you're not, I don't think you're even halfway through, it's probably a quarter. Um, I think the only issue, it does, it does the combat bits go on a bit too long, and you'll find that later on in the game. And I think if they could have shaved a bit off that, I think you would have had a really, really... Yeah, I, I would say its combat is probably its weakest thing. Um, but it's not it's not unplayable in any way. But there, there are sections where there's a lot of combat later on, where I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, so I've been playing that and a little bit because I'm getting ready for Total War Warhammer 3 of Total War Warhammer 2. So my Skaven are currently scurrying uh, cool. across the old world and bite, bite, kill and things, yes. <laughs> I am reading, because I'd never read one before, so I started reading Comet in Moominland. Say again. never read any of the Moomin books. I've never read any of the Moomin books. Oh, so Moomin? I reading Comet in, yeah, so I started reading oh. Comet in Moominland. It does an interesting thing. I've never read I was half expecting to go. I'm reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does be interesting, which I, I, I'm sure I've seen other books do it, but I can't which ones. Where like at the top of each page, there's almost like a summary of what happens on that page. Really? It's like a, it's like a chapter, but for each page, and there's like a little description of what happens on that page. Is the is it a graphic? I'm not familiar with the Moomin books. Are they graphic novels? Are they like children's books or what? They're like children's novels. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're not they're not graphic novels. They're all like Sunday comic strips, which I think they sometimes get confused with. Oh, but yeah, okay. no, they're like little, yeah, they're they're novels. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, like seeing where they sort of come from, and playing stuff. I'm kind of we've been watching a lot of Succession. Like we were getting through that again. Oh, I need to catch up on that. The first series was great. I've heard really good things, but it's one of those like time. I never had time to watch. Yeah, it's really good. Like it is, it is very good. Um, it's a bit weird seeing another one of the, one of the McCulkin brothers in something. Oh yeah. Uh, so short short seasons, which is always always appreciated. Oh, that's right. There are only like three or four episodes or something like About that, aren't they? Ten episodes, I think, it is per ah. season. So it's not massive. It's not a massive investment. And I'm kind of smorgasbord in games at the moment. I'm kind of playing bits of um, Dragon Quest 11s. I started um, Disco Elysium last night. Um, oh, Death's Door. That, I, that that is one of my uh, that was my game of the year last year because it came out on a platform. I played in it last year. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think it's one of the best games of all time. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I'll put some... You're about um, Disco listening on you, so I'll, I'll play some more of that. Yeah. And I've, yeah, Death's Door, I can now see why it was so popular last year. It's very good. Yeah. I, I played a little bit of that as well, actually. enjoyed um, it. Disco Elysium. Pick, pick a play style to try and stick to it as much as possible. Pick how okay. you want your character to be. Because if you flit around, I don't think you'll get what you want out of it so okay you you can um, you can either play you can play as a you can play as a, a few different ways and i think they they guide you at the, the start but you can play as like a straight like i want to solve this case or you can play as a lunatic yeah. or in, okay. in many ways you can play as like yeah I, some, of the, I hit, some of the dialogue choices are very funny 
yeah, I'm here to bring disco back, and that's all I want to yeah. do. Or you can play as like I'm the worst cop that's ever lived. Who are you? Well, I'm clearly a superstar. You're a cop, a superstar cop. That's that sounds brilliant. Uh, it's what, like every time I hear about Disco Elysium, I've never heard anyone play it. And go, no, I didn't get on with it. And I think that's because of the way you can just play how you want, and that you yeah. build. It your does seem quite overwhelming at first. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but it's, it's, um... isn't it effectively like everything you say becomes canon in the like if if you turn around and go, I'm a, I'm a murderer, then you are a murderer or something. I don't. Yeah, not. I don't think uh, when you start off, I think it's yeah. something. Like yeah, that. you are. You are basically you've, you've got amnesia and you're yeah. creating, and it's how you want to act. And everyone sort of acts around you like your, your partner is is a really good character. Like when you do crazy stuff, it's like, yeah, I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> Just going with it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's loads of great side characters, loads of weird bits. Um, Try and talk to as many people as possible. I don't think there's any wasted conversations. Um, okay. Trying to do the side quests. It's 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 almost like I, if it wasn't for the, the setting, and it's they've made this law for this setting about like hundred year old wars and stuff, which you can sort of pass you by, but it, it does sort of go into it. Um, it's almost like playing a D and D game. Oh, I've definitely heard that that people have said it's yeah. like this. Yeah, because it rolls dice, doesn't it, for a lot yeah. of choices and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, yeah. guys. I think we've got a, a good good view of what happened in uh, March of 2005 from the point of view of the people who were there. Um, it, if the people who were there were me, Kev, and Hodge, <laughs> then we've got a good idea. Yeah. I think uh, uh, I think other I think other next next month we'll probably have less video games and more music and films. I think well, it depends it what month we pick. We've, yeah, we've picked true. a couple of doozies back to back. Let's hope that we'll, you know, mind you, there wasn't much in the news-wise, I don't think, this this time round, so we didn't have to get too serious. But um, Wales won a Grand Slam. Oh, yes, yeah. I did one Grand Slam in the rugby. Oh, God, my dad would kill me if I didn't mention that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Shock. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I think we're going to wrap it up at this point, guys, because uh, it's been great to talk to you again. Um, to anyone listening to us, if you want to talk about your experience with any of the games that we've talked about, if you've, we've missed anything we've missed a significant game um that you or movie or tv show or uh no not album. that one that was that one you're thinking of was shit <laughs> <laughs> no one liked that what's the matter with you only you friends that fuck one. off <laughs> um yeah please give us a, a shout at uh too late update at gmail.com um we may have some social media stuff at some point we really we will do it for you but we don't we're not social media people, um, but we'll do it for you because we love you. It just remains for me to say I've been Matthew Wynn. Thank you very much. And I've been the Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, Kevin, jo- Kevin Jones, thank you. And I've been the boy in an old man's body. <laughs> Bye, Zs. That's not the plot. That makes it worse. That's what I sounded much worse than I intended it to as well. <laughs>